0: Welcome in to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. Today is Wednesday, October the 13th, and we are on episode 307. We apologize that we haven't been getting much NFL content the last couple weeks. Uh, the last couple weeks have been insane with our schedules, um, but you can find our college football and NFL blogs, uh, respectively, on gtdsports.com today we're going to talk about college football week six and what a week it was we got a lot to talk about here um and then we will pick the upcoming slate of games for this week i'm joined as always by my co-host jack wallace
1: jack how we doing we are doing pretty great. It's another beautiful week up here in Syracuse, New York, and I actually don't mean that jokingly. It's been about 70, 75 degrees today um, in mid-October. You could have fooled me, but uh, it will change soon, though. It'll be rainy in 60 uh, next week, so that bad weather is starting to come in. But it's been unusually very nice this week, the last couple weeks, actually. So happy to have a little bit of nice weather. But uh, college football has been coming around. We had a very fun game against Wake Forest, an unfortunate loss. We'll get to that later. But – Lots of fun here in Syracuse. Clemson this Friday, which um sure can get a lot of heads turning. Actually, four years ago today was when Syracuse beat Clemson in the Dome back when Clemson was number two in the country, uh, which <laughs> feels kind of funny how it's really not been that long since Clemson fell apart, but it uh, feels like forever now that I'm saying it. But uh, happy to see some good cues football. But we can go ahead and, and dive straight in to our week six recap. I know we've been consistent with college football. NFL we've fallen back on. We'll get to that tomorrow, but – College football, once again, winners and losers. We love going down the list, so let's start things off with our winners, as we always do. And my winner's a little similar to what I had actually a couple weeks ago, but I'm just busting it back out again because I just find it so funny how it it, it always happens every single time that we talk about how we make fun of Notre Dame plenty, how Notre Dame always tends to blow the big games. But you know what Notre Dame always also manages to do? They always manage to beat some team in some ridiculous fashion late in the game, somehow. And that was this week for Notre Dame against Virginia Tech of all teams. Virginia Tech is a pretty solid team. Let's specify, they always
0: manage to beat worse teams.
1: Yeah, barely. Barely beat worse teams. Now again, Virginia Tech is not a bad team, but they are definitely a worse team. So Virginia Tech now... They're in the
0: ACC. That tells you all you need to know this
1: year. Yeah, they're not great. But again, Virginia Tech does deserve some respect, as well as playing in Lane Stadium is always tricky to win in Lane. Um, But it still was not the best uh, performance for them. Of uh, notre dame's quarterback which wasn't even cone this time it was uh tyler buckner i think is how they pronounce it six for 14 113 yards a touchdown and two picks as your winning quarterback today if that tells you anything very ugly game but virginia tech was in control for actually a lot of this there was 29 21 with four minutes to go but a touchdown and a field goal by notre dame late in the game won it of course for notre dame because again they always find a way to escape. Uh, actually, after that Virginia Tech touchdown, it was a 96% chance to win for the Hokies, but they still managed to lose at home. So disappointing that Notre Dame could not be officially knocked out. That would have been nice to see early on, but uh, can't have that yet. So pretty typical Notre Dame moment. They always tend to pull stuff off like that.
0: Total Irish moment. Uh, I, I quickly want to ask you this question. Is the American Conference better than the ACC this year? I think you could make a legitimate case.
1: I think the reason why it automatically is better is because who are your top teams? Like Clemson, Wake Forest. Clemson's not. Clemson's like the fourth best
0: at this point. I'm talking talent-wise. Clemson's only lost two games, and one of them was to Georgia with the greatest defense that we've seen in years. I'm going to talk about that later, but... Clemson may have two losses, but they've only lost to one ACC team. I don't think they're the fourth-best team in the conference. I still wouldn't put them
1: too high, though. And I'm aware they haven't played a whole well, lot of games. Who's the second-best team in the ACC? Well, but they also beat Georgia Tech 14-8, four to, to and they barely beat them at home. They lost to NC State in overtime. They, I mean – they even barely beat Boston College. Well, North Carolina sucks. Too. You're not going to put them there. Uh, but UNC is like way deep on my list. There, UNC is not even close to the top. This is four. my no, point: no. is uh,
0: every team in the ACC is bad?
1: I wouldn't say bad. I wouldn't say bad. I, it depends. because there's national, some teams. They're not national level competitive. Cause, cause, but that doesn't mean bad necessarily. Because there's teams like Pittsburgh that, like, I would not say at all that Pittsburgh's a bad team. They aren't a bad team. But when I say that they're a top tier team, no, but they also play Virginia Tech this week and then Clemson and they play better teams in the ACC to at least see how they do. But yeah, if a team goes 11 and one in the ACC, are they a truly elite national program? No, but it doesn't mean they suck. So there's a huge middle ground right there of like four and eight in the ACC is not the same as 11 and one. Well, yeah, and but so, every
0: other team in the ACC might be four and eight. How much does that eleven and one really, really matter
1: when the rest of your conference sucks? Well, but it means you're a lot better than them, which means you don't suck necessarily. Like, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors like Coastal Carolina. Well, yeah, Coastal Carolina is obviously not a bad team. Are they going to beat Alabama head on? Like, probably not. Nine times out of ten, they won't. But are they still deserving of their ranking? And are they still pretty solid? Absolutely but you're not saying they're a top-four team either. So there's a big middle ground there. There's a reason why Coastal Carolina is still undefeated and is yet not – I don't even think they're in the top 15 yet. So yeah, They don't play anybody. Yeah, actually, no, they are. They are 15th. So, again, there's a reason why they're ranked. There's a reason why they're up there. But, again, I'm not trying to argue that they're some kind of, like, giant in the football and deserve a ton of respect. They don't. But
0: there's still a degree to that. I mainly just wanted to – take a moment to crap on the ACC because uh, they've been awful this year. Um, it's It's been sad. My first winner of the week is America. Um, unless you're like a diehard Texas fan or a diehard Alabama fan. Uh, this was a great weekend for football because Alabama lost, which officially made Saturday a national holiday um, I have a tradition that it just becomes a national holiday uh, whenever Bama loses because it only happens about once a year. <laughs> um, so just want to recap this game really fast. This game was enthralling. Texas A&M came out, went up. Let's see, what was the score at halftime? 24 to 10 at halftime. Bama storms back in the third quarter Ties the game up. Goes ahead. And then Zach Calzada from Texas A&M eventually drives them down one time uh, at the end of the game. Scores. Needs another score. And then they come back down after he got absolutely rolled up on uh, by one of his linemen. And A&M... On the final play of the game, with a field goal, storms the field against Alabama, and I I I want to give A and M their due respect here. Uh, but with all due respect to A and th- that is not the story. A and M is not the story. It's how did Alabama lose to a three and two? Texas A&M team whose offense looked lost against the likes of Colorado and Mississippi state. And then they somehow managed to look like a completely different team once Alabama stepped on the field. And maybe this is just a case of playing up to your opponent's standards. And we certainly had these types of expectations for A&M this year I even told you I thought A&M would beat Bama this year before the season. No, I had since rescinded that take because A&M uh, has been awful.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but the take was obviously more than just that. It was more but, about A&M dominating it, the, the West.
0: Right. The t- no, that was a, a smaller take as a part of a larger take, uh, a little take exception there. But... I mean, I, did, I, I called it, they have the talent on the field, they have the five stars, they have the pro-level talent. Um, the only question was really going to be their quarterback in this offense, replacing Kellen Mond. Um, and it did not look good until this week. But like I said, that's not the story. The story here is Alabama losing to a 3-2 and two Texas A&M team. What do you think about Alabama after watching this game? I think they have some serious problems on defense. Um, and I think for as good as Bryce Young has been, he has some limitations. And if this team turns the ball over like they did and makes mistakes offensively, um, their defense is not going to always bail them out like the Alabama teams of old. So what, do you, what are your takeaways from this loss?
1: it's it's the defense and again and when you look at the offensive stats on this team and yeah bryce young's one interception was not exactly the best but he still was 28 for 48 he still had 369 yards and three touchdowns robinson was still effective with 147 yards on 24 carries and then williams was ridiculous receiving jamison williams 10 receptions 146 yards and two scores so a lot of the stats here look pretty good and then even the big x factor for AM, isaiah spiller didn't really do a lot. He had 17 carries for 46 he got yards. Hurt in the second he didn't half. have a touchdown. But he but exactly. Like that's their go-to guy for a lot of their offense. And yeah, not getting a lot of stats plus getting hurt, you would have thought at that point that Alabama would have come came away with it. And yes, they did win the second half. Of course they lost the game, but the second half was still twenty-eight to seventeen in favor of Alabama. But you can't have a three point second quarter. You can't have a ten point first half and expect to beat a lot of teams that are even decent. And The bigger question here is, have I lost any faith in Alabama? And the answer is no, because after this, you have Mississippi State, Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas and Auburn, which isn't exactly the most cupcake schedule. I wouldn't say that. I think Tennessee's really shown a lot of promise this season. LSU is kind of degenerating. We'll get to them later. Mississippi State's not a lot. New Mexico State's nothing. But Auburn and Arkansas back to back, especially at Auburn, is always tricky because those games are always lots of fun. But I still think Bama is going to win the West. I still think that this loss doesn't define them, and nor do I think that it's going to impede them for much. Now, it will make it very interesting with Georgia coming up with, again, when I said earlier that'll be the SEC championship game. It still should be. And with that, it's interesting because now that means that Georgia obviously has the free loss in their pocket, basically. And if Alabama comes and storms in Atlanta and ends up beating Georgia, it really won't be a big deal. Because then Georgia can just sort of shrug and say, okay, and then go in the playoffs anyway. Because obviously if Georgia goes 12-0, the SEC championship game is purely just to get another trophy. So well, I just I, I don't think this is going to deter Bama that much. I think this loss will hurt. But look at what they've done the other years. There have been a lot of seasons where Bama didn't go undefeated and they still were able to pull out lots of really good seasons. And they was losing to Ole Miss back-to-back years. And they ended now, up being
0: fine. And, and, and I realize we've been talking about Bama a lot here. But there honestly weren't that many storylines from this week. Um, we'll, we'll have a couple more uh, big talking points. But this is the big talking point uh, from the past weekend. Um, my question is, what's Alabama going to do against Georgia? They weren't able to stop A&M. We know A and has good athletes, but Georgia has the same level of athletes that Alabama has—the exact same. I don't think there is any difference in the level of George, the level of talent on Georgia's team and the level of talent on Alabama's team, save for maybe the quarterback. Maybe that's yeah. Your I, I was about to say Young is definitely better at quarterback. That's well, that's well, a block. That <laughs> yes, but you look at the Georgia defense, and the Georgia defense is a million times is playing at least a million times better than Alabama's defense. And I think Georgia, if, if we're just looking ahead to that sec championship right now, what we assume it's going to be, you never know what's going to happen, but what we assume that sec championship is going to be, I think Georgia is just going to be able to run the ball all over Alabama. And then, Bama is going to have to rely on Brian Robinson, who's going to be going up against one of the historically best defenses in college football history so far this year. So, I mean, save for some injuries, save for uh, some chaos happening, I think Georgia is going to be favored in that ballgame by probably five to seven points. In the I Georgia could
1: see that happening, too. And, again, we're Denver both, both also – and we're both assuming that Georgia and Alabama are going undefeated, I would guess, that before that game. And, and yeah, I think that, that ends up happening. I think that's very fair. I do think that Georgia's defense has been pretty obvious. I mean, this isn't really much of, I think, more of just uh, reality of Georgia's defense being truly at another level this season. But the question is, how good is Georgia's defense going to be against Alabama's offense? Because obviously we've seen Georgia go through some teams that haven't exactly had the best offenses in the world. Like We've seen what happened with Clemson uab south carolina vanderbilt their first four games against pretty terrible offenses um clemson obviously didn't really see coming but clemson's clearly struggled very heavily and that win against clemson's kind of diminished in terms of how good of a win it was um but then we saw teams like arkansas and auburn teams that had shown some promise on their offensive sides and both do extremely little to nothing and yeah over the next two weeks now i do think Georgia's going to win But I am very intrigued to see how Kentucky and Florida play against Georgia. Now, again, I do not think they're going to get the upset. But I am interested to see how they play and at least how those offenses look. Because Missouri is going to be a bloodbath. Tennessee could maybe be interesting given that it's in Neyland just to see other offense plays. But I'm not crazy confident. I'm not confident in that one at all. And again, I'm not not saying upset confident. I'm saying, like, will it be interesting slash will Georgia's defense crack? That's more what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to shatter. I'm more just saying, it'll crack a bit. Against that's what I'm
0: Tennessee, wondering. maybe. And this is why, if you're an Alabama fan, that you can hold out hope because Georgia has not played many explosive offenses. That's, that's what I'm saying. The and they're They have played and they're going to play a lot of offenses that maybe they're explosive in the run game. You could say that. About a Kentucky or a Florida, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily call Kentucky explosive, but Florida can be explosive out of the run game. I, I the thing is, none of those teams, with the exception of Arkansas against Ole Miss for whatever reason, um, are really elite passing offenses. Whereas Alabama is a really elite passing offense. The only thing that Scares me as a Bama fan is offensively because they're not going to be able to run the ball, but they will be able to throw the ball. I think is is Bryce Young going to have time? Because first of all, no one's had time to throw against Georgia all season, and second of all, Bryce Young didn't really have time to throw against A and M. That was the biggest difference is Bryce Young was having to hurry his decisions. Um, because A&M was putting pressure on him in ways that no team this season has been able to put pressure on Bama, even in the slightest. Um, and and that's what's going to be the difference is as a freshman quarterback, are you going to be good enough when you don't have time, when you don't have all day to sit back in the pocket? Because that's the thing about Alabama quarterbacks and, and transferring – the the Alabama quarterback skill set into like an, an elite quarterback skill set is the time to throw because against bad teams, against Southern Miss, hell, even against Ole Miss, you're going to have all day back there to throw and you can let these routes develop. You can send your guys deep. You can get big plays. You can make the secondary have to cover you for five seconds four to five seconds which is a long time considering the average time to throw in the nfl is like 2.3 that's a long time to throw that's twice as long to sit in the pocket or to scramble out of the pocket if you have enough room um but once you have to throw in three seconds once those georgia d linemen beat your five-star center or your five-star right guard, or your NFL-level left tackle. Once you're playing against that kind of pressure, that's what I really want to see Bryce Young in because he looked good, but it clearly rattled him early. He had to settle into that game, and that's what eventually became the difference because once Alabama started to get things rolling on offense, it was, it was too late, um, and the game was too close, and the crowd was still in it at Kyle Field, an incredible crowd at Kyle Field, second largest attendance there ever. Um, and and that, that's really the long and short of it is can Bryce – what can Bryce Young do with less time in the pocket? Can he create those plays? Uh, can he get escape pressure and escape the pocket and buy time for those explosive plays? I think that's going to be the real the real question because Georgia's defense – loves to be aggressive, loves to put pressure on you, and I think they could potentially be really susceptible to some of those play-action plays. But even though that's the headline we've talked about, that uh, for, enough for the day, uh, I, I just
1: – I love – when bama loses i love analyzing it i love everything about it i'm just i just am only which i know is the hot take you won't like but it's the only thing against bama losing to me is it just means it's better for georgia which i always uh, prioritize so that's hey i'll take georgia way. over bama any day i will never any day of the week never, never, of the but you're week, also the I tennessee fan you're the oh. tennessee fan so yeah it's- and who's our biggest rival bama that's what i'm saying Obviously, you're gonna be more against them than me, but I know you're not pro Georgia, but it's it's still. I'm uh, but not we anti- Georgia on. though. I'm not I'm not incredibly anti Georgia. I'm anti Florida. I'm very anti Florida. That's true. You are. That's true. But now we gotta move on because we gotta get to the winners and losers. We spent we spent a good time on that, but we gotta move on. And my next winner up here is the Cats, the Bearcats, and the Wildcats got some big wins this weekend. And I know we touched a little bit on it, but I want to talk a little more about Kentucky because we haven't really talked a lot about Kentucky this year. And we can also kind of talk about LSU a little bit on this one because, Oh boy, if they need some work cut out for them, but Kentucky looking good. They're looking real good. And I did think that they were going to beat Kentucky or sorry, they were going to beat LSU this weekend. I wasn't super shocked by that, but they beat them badly. 42 21, the Wildcats roll over LSU at home And that's after beating Florida, beating South Carolina, and beating Missouri in a lot of SEC wins. Now, to be fair, a lot of these SEC wins have been very iffy. Beating Missouri by 7, beating Chattanooga by 5, beating South Carolina by 6. That's not good. But beating Florida by 7 still does mean something. And then beating LSU by 21, they are improving. But there are a lot of wins there that leave me a little worried. And that's my only thing going into this Georgia game this week. I know we've talked forever about Georgia, but I've liked Kentucky so far this season. But even after Georgia, you have Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and Louisville. And you can win a lot of those games. But at the end of the day, it may not matter. No, I do think Kentucky, I think at this rate they're on, that they should be able to play themselves into a New Year's Six game. I think they definitely can be that team, especially given – especially that Alabama and Georgia both are still on pace to make the playoffs. Who's the next SEC team up? And I think that is ten- uh, That is very clearly Kentucky right now. Could change. But at the halfway mark of the season, I think it's definitely them. Which, if you're Kentucky, that's fantastic. I mean, and obviously playoffs are definitely in the conversation for Kentucky. I mean, it, you would need to get some obviously gargantuan wins here. But it definitely is in the, pl- in the terms. And yeah, the Georgia game is, I think, going to determine the winner of the SEC East. Because I think with the schedule they have remaining, I think Kentucky can win a lot of those games. And I, 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 again, I predict Georgia to win this by a very clean margin. I don't think it'll be much trouble. But I do think that if Kentucky does somehow pull off an upset here, this could be kind of nuts. Look, I, I, I would love to see it
0: happen. I'm all for the chaos this We've year. Seen if, We've seen crazy. We've seen crazy. We all can things. turn this into 2007. And replace like Missouri and Kansas with Kentucky and Iowa. Like I, I'm it's possible. For it's it. very possible. I'm, I'm so Seriously. down for it. Um, the fact of the matter is that uh, Will Levis this year has an eleven to six touchdown to interception ratio, um, and has not really thrown that many attempts. The only thing that this Kentucky team does, the only things that this Kentucky team does well or run the ball and play defense. Now, um, he did
1: pass exceptionally well against LSU. I will give at, him that. He played we very gotta, well against LSU.
0: We're going to have a talk about LSU here in a minute. I got that coming up.
1: <laughs> oh, um,
0: boy. We're going to have a conversation about the Tigers, um, a, a tough conversation. Uh, sit down, son. You're in trouble. I'm um, looking at you, Coach o. But here's the thing. And I'm going to make this point here in a little bit. I'm I'm going to pull up some specific stats. Georgia is going to crush Kentucky. The reason why I think Arkansas is better than Kentucky. Now, what does Arkansas do really well? Run the ball. What did they do very poorly against Georgia? What has every team done very poorly against Georgia? Run the, Run the ball. ball. And your defense can only go so far when you have to throw the ball every possession, and that's going to lead to short fields against these really talented Georgia defensive backs, which is going to lead to Georgia touchdowns and field goals. And so, yes, this might this game might be like 24 to nothing or 24 to three. But I don't see Kentucky even scoring 10 points in this game.
1: I really don't. I I, I think they'll hit 10. I don't know if they'll hit much beyond that. I think they may hit 10.
0: And but... and here's the thing. I'm going for the Wildcats. I want Kentucky to do well. Even as yeah. a Tennessee fan, it's good for the SEC East to get some new blood Um performing really well but i just think that the schedule up to this point is not really indicative of how good georgia is as a team and i think the win over florida was impressive i was impressed with that win but none of their other wins have been that impressive including over lsu because well we'll find out what i think of lsu here in a minute
1: and uh now we have your second winner, if you'd like to go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. My other point, I forgot to bring up about the Cats. I just wanted to throw this one in just because um, we didn't talk about it yet. But uh, when I do the Cats, I always like to have a little twofer with this. I like to put some other stuff in there. And I want to shout out Cincinnati. We know Cincinnati's been playing great, but I wanted to mention them because they're now number three in the country. They're highest ranking in school history. And that comes after a simply a, an annihilation of Temple. And I know Temple is not good. Temple is bad at football. But Cincinnati made them look really, really bad. 23 straight home wins for Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter is looking unbelievable this season. He was nearly perfect behind the center, which we know he's really good, but he played about as well as you could ask. Cincinnati looks like an incredibly elite team right now, 28 to nothing, even just in the third quarter alone. Um, Yeah, Cincinnati, we talked about rolling and keep doing well. They're going to keep rolling. UCF this weekend is going to be a big game. I'm definitely watching that. That's at noon Eastern. But after that, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, those are all going to be easy wins. Now, SMU will be interesting, but then Eastern Carolina finish the season, this Cincinnati team has a very clear path to 12-0.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, my second winner is the Lane Train is back on track. Um, And look, I'm going to be quick with this one. Ole Miss can't stop anybody. I don't think they could stop, like, you know when the L, when the preschool teacher is, like, pulling all the kids in the wagon? I don't think they could stop one of those in its tracks. But, hey, look, you dropped a 50-burger on Arkansas and won the football game uh, on uh, when Sam Pittman decided to go for two, which I don't understand. But is the Matt Corral-Heisman talk back on – back on track no
1: pun intended with the lane train <laughs> um i think it is and again it's it's if you're just asking is it back on track i say it is i don't think his odds are still crazy high i think there are other guys that could be but i think that it's still looking like that probably will be the case i i mean old miss does not need to win the national championship to have a guy like matt corral win the heisman and now we know the bama loss was tough but Ole Miss has at Tennessee this week, LSU at Auburn, Liberty, A&M, Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. That's a lot of winnable games in that stretch. Now, there are a few tough games in that stretch. I still think AM is going to be tough. I still think games like Tennessee could be interesting. At Auburn is always crazy injured in hair. So there are some weird games in that list, but – I just I, – I think that it's going to depend on how they play in those because I think a lot of those, they, they should be favored. They should be looking good. But, no, for Old Miss, they've proven that they're a very solid team in the SEC. And we know the SEC has been good this year, but there are a lot of mediocre teams. And it's sort of still seeing who's going to sort of be one of the better ones. And we know that Old Miss and Arkansas are kind of in that, I would say, tier two of the SEC where it's like there's pretty solid, good, decent teams, but they can't really compete with tier one. And so far, that's hey. kind of been proven. Hey. So –
0: by the way, did you know that AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were on the same team at Ole Miss, and they went six and six? Nothing says wasting talent. <laughs> Nothing says wasting time <laughs> like bringing up that stat. Like oh. everyone else, uh, every other sports commentator loves to bring up that stat. That that might be that, and like Clayton Kershaw and Matt Stafford going to high school together might be the most irrelevant yet most brought up like factoid of our generation
1: but it still is true though and at the end of the day it's uh yeah Old Miss that I mean obviously the winner of this game desperately needed the win but this is one of those situations like I mentioned with Kentucky of like who's gonna be the SEC team to not make the playoffs but still get the New York Six Bowl so it's like that's kind of where that old Miss team is heading of like you really needed to win this game to get in conversation for that. And they did. So we'll, well see how they move and, on.
0: And at some point we are going to have to have our Heisman talk. Uh,
1: we will not yet, not yet for yeah, it. No, not yet. It's too early in the season.
0: Uh, but at some point coming up here, we're going to have to have our Heisman conversation.
1: And next up for my final winner, I'm going to go ahead and shout this man out. And I know I've talked a lot about my guy, Sean Tucker for Syracuse and how unbelievably good he's been at running back this season because he has been he's been ridiculous but there's one other guy that i have to put over him for just how simply unbelievable he's been this year and that's kenneth walker the third a former wake forest guy transferred over to michigan state and has been one of the biggest reasons why sparty has been very good this season and i i have always liked michigan state I, i i've always been michigan state over michigan i have no idea why to be honest with you i've just been one of those teams i've liked And to see Michigan State finally be relevant again just makes me so happy. And it's been because of this kid. He's unbelievably good. Even in this game, he had 29 carries, 233 yards, and one touchdown. So, Gary, if you're listening, if you feed the running backs that are really good, they do good for you. And you win games. And Michigan State is winning a lot of games. And now it was against Rutgers, mind you which isn't actually awful, but isn't really great either. They're three and three, but Michigan state looking like a really solid team this year. And a lot of that is because of guys like Kenneth Walker, who are just tearing it up and they have at Indiana this week. And then Michigan, which will obviously be a colossal game. And then at Purdue, Maryland at Ohio state, and then Penn state and a back-to-back, just simply crazy end to this season that I'm very excited to see. But yeah, Kenneth Walker is the best running back in the country right now. And I don't even think it's a question. And, if you want to look who's going to win the Doak Walker Award, it's probably going to be Walker.
0: I actually disagree with you. I think Bajan Robinson is the best running back in the country.
1: Despite having worse stats in most categories?
0: And despite having played better teams?
1: It's 913 yards when nobody else has over 800. It's still a big stat. And he's not even top four when it comes to carries. Uh, okay, that matters. I, still, that matters. I still think
0: Bijan Robinson is better. I watched Bajon Robinson play two weeks ago, uh, and the man is an absolute freakazoid, um, an absolute freak of nature. No,
1: it's good for Kenneth I There are
0: multiple hey, sides to this the, argument. The,
1: question, the question's going to solidify itself when Walker plays teams like Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Yeah. That's the answer. Once he plays those teams, I think it'll be either undisputed or – not an argument at all. That's that's yeah, my take on that. Then it's those teams are going to make or break that case. Yeah, I if mean, he ends up performing like this against them, he's going to win the Walker. I, I don't have the Bijan Robinson stats up at the moment,
0: but but Bijan Robinson has been absolutely incredible too.
1: Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect um, him. He's been unbelievable. I'm just saying that Kenneth Walker is just and, and like I would have him two,
0: higher two hundred yard games. I would have Bijan
1: Robinson higher in the
0: Heisman vote. I'll say that. He's still not going to win Heisman, but I think he I could don't be happy know. To vote. I don't know about that. I I don't, I don't know. It, it, and and this is the larger conversation that we're going to have to have about the Heisman in a few weeks, but if there aren't there's no standout player uh, standout really running back receiver or quarterback from the top Four teams you know you thought it was going to be bryce young if alabama goes undefeated and now alabama is not undefeated
1: anymore well, i don't One think more it's note on this just to support your point and before we move on here's your top five guys in heisman voting right now this is vegas insider top five bryce young plus 200 matt nope. corral plus 200 maybe cj Stroud 800 absolutely not which yeah, I, I think that's, that's a, a crazy joke. joke. That's I, an I, absolute I, joke. That's just I, I'm just reading the stats. I'm, I'm the messenger here. Kenneth Walker III plus fourteen hundred. Bijan Robinson plus two thousand. After him is Desmond Ritter, Travion Henderson, Kenny Pickett for Pittsburgh, Blake Corum, Michigan, and then, and then and then Oregon's quarterback, and then Spencer Adler, and then Sam Howell. If you want okay. to talk about yeah. how far yeah. off you know fallen. that that
0: that's that's fair.
1: Yeah, but dude, that's CJ fair to put Shroud. them that low. I, I don't. I'm, I'm I mean, sorry.
0: Pardon my French. That's just that's horrendous.
1: That's horrendous. <laughs> I mean, you want to look, look at Odd Shark? They still have Bryce Young, Matt Crowell, and CJ Stroud as your top three. I mean, it's and I it's, do not a lot of these places still think could
0: not there. explain to me why. And, and I, I think CJ Stroud, maybe he ends up winning it, but he will only be winning it because there is a lack of like star players, star, star quarterbacks, running
1: backs, and receivers on the best this teams is, um, in the country. As of October 10th, this is on, I think, DraftKings. Um, I'm not going to read it. odds, yeah, just the order. Bryce Young, Matt Corral, CJ Strout, Kenneth Walker III, Desmond Motor, B. John Robinson. Here's a question
0: for you. Has there ever been, and and I assume the answer is no, but has there ever been a quarterback come off the bench – in like week six and still win the Heisman. Cause how funny would that be if Spencer Rattler was the Heisman favorite and then got benched and the guy he got benched for won the Heisman? I would not know what to do with that. <laughs> oh, I would laugh Frankly. my actual ass off. Um, but let's move on. Uh, we can, we can talk about Heisman stuff at a later date. Uh my last winner of the week is the u g a defense because let me read you these stats uh they are allowing five and a half opponent points per game. Let that sink in for a second. That's not even a touchdown for you math wizards out there. Two hundred and three opponent yards per game that's total. And only sixty six rushing yards a game in the s e c that is impressive, and they are on pace to potentially six be it <laughs> I looked it up earlier um the only there are a few comparable defenses um and the only one that was the only ones that were actually recent were 2001 Miami, if you can remember uh, Ed Reed on that squad. Yeah, that defense was – I mean, I know they didn't really play anybody, but, yeah, that defense was Nasty. nasty. And 2011 Alabama, which, if you remember, won the national championship game in the worst national championship game of all time, and I don't Mm -hmm. think it's even remotely close. It was, One, super bowl, it, was, it was
1: super bowl 53 was it or 52 yeah with uh with the, super bowl 53 but college version
0: no that was infinitely more entertaining this was the was worst so game <laughs> the worst game the worst big game ever it was nine to six in a rematch of alabama lsu um and that it, that Alabama defense is commonly heralded as the greatest statistical defense of all time because they held opponents to an average of under 200 yards per game i think it was 188 was the number that even they gave up like 8 points per game so georgia's defense in far, as far as scoring is giving up less points while holding them to about 12 more yards well,
1: given that they play another FCS school in the season, they'll definitely have that helped out a little bit. But yeah, not uh,
0: that's not just elite. That is like all time great. That is like historic. Um, and I did want to shout out uh, honorable mention to Big Ten football for Iowa's win. It just that's keeps been a recurring. <laughs> it's been a recurring favorite this year, and it's paying off pretty well. It's looking real nice uh for the Big 10 this year they have sev- they have the most teams in the top 25 at this point um out of any conference so Big 10 football recurring theme that's been my winner in multiple weeks uh including the first like 3 weeks of the season Big 10 football
1: is back well i wanted to move on next to To a game that the uh, losers, the losers.
0: Let's we're gonna get to the losers. We're 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 going to the losers.
1: And I am very excited to talk about our new favorite quarterback, Spencer Rattler. Ah, my favorite. Oh man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm gonna preface this with. I don't feel good seeing people who work their whole lives to do something like this fail, because that's not something you like to see. But but I thought that about Spencer Radler before I watched all the clips of him talking to his teammates, drawing it up with people yeah. and seeing what kind of character he is. And then I realized, Oh, this I guys not care. Yeah. I don't care. And then we see what happened against Texas, which of course I picked Texas to win. And I was so confident about that the whole time. And they still managed to pull a Texas and choke, which did make me happy personally, but annoyed my pick loss. But It is shocking how far he has fallen in such a short amount of time. Now, I, again, I know that preseason, I was high on Oklahoma. I thought they'd be great. I thought it would be all fine and and They win everything. Now, to be fair, I'm not entirely wrong on that either because they still are undefeated. They haven't looked good. I know. I know what you're going to say. I know they haven't looked good. I know they aren't impressive. But at the end of the day, they still are winning. So there is that. (laughs) They may be ugly, but at least Oklahoma hasn't pulled the Clemson and is choking the entire season away. So I'll give them that. Oklahoma is still squarely in playoff contention. Not that they're going to win anything in the playoffs, but Oklahoma is still winning games as they should be. The piece of it, though, is that Spencer Rattler was supposed to be their next big quarterback, with what Kyler Murray did or what Baker Mayfield did. This was supposed to be, or even Jalen Hurts for a very short time there. He was supposed to be just the next guy up in the revolving door of elite Heisman level quarterbacks. And he has flopped so hard, which again, as the quarterback that you could probably say has the worst character or morals or whatever of any of the other quarterbacks, I'm not exactly opposed to that, but it's still really fascinating from like a football and statistical nerd version that I know we love of looking at football of how could a player like this be so poor? And then you put in Caleb Williams Who puts on a show? Who lights it it up, unlocks the Oklahoma
0: offense that we – literally unlocks everything about the Oklahoma
1: offense that we've seen from Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Except one note, one note though, one note. We have to shout out Kennedy Brooks because he hasn't been talked about nearly enough from that game.
0: Well, Kennedy he had Brooks had 25 has been a carries
1: monster for like three years now, but he wasn't the highlight of that game though. He 25 carries, 217 yards, and two touchdowns was ridiculous. I'm simply saying that every headline under the sun was obviously Spencer Rattler getting benched for Williams and Williams going off. I'm simply saying just want to set aside well, and, shout out and, Brooks and, for being and range. Marvin Mims
0: played exceptional. Oh too. yeah. Um, also shout out to the Oklahoma defense for living up to every expectation that we have for Oklahoma defenses and still giving up a 50 burger, even in a win. Um, how about Xavier
1: worthy for Texas though? 261 yards and two scores on nine catches. True freshman. Crazy day.
0: Here's the thing. I, and, and this is going to go directly into my first loser, which, um, Texas being back is my first loser. Uh insert the Sam Ellinger. We're back. That that little I made sure to put that in there. Yeah, yep. that little shindig. <laughs> um we're back. Oh, Texas is so <laughs> not back. But I think they've close they're a lot closer than they've been in a while. Uh 'cause and look, the the Red River rivalry is always um and and when I say always I mean like literally probably 95% of the time like a really good game and both teams come out and play really, really hard for it. But look, Texas' only other loss is against Arkansas. And Arkansas is a pretty good team with a pretty good offense. I think Texas has a lot of question marks on defense, but Sark obviously has this offense humming. I, saw, I yeah. thought Texas was going to lose this game – because Casey Thompson couldn't throw the football, Casey Thompson threw the hell out of the football for Texas. Um, And like you said, Xavier worthy really stepped up. So I think this Texas team is, I mean, the next few years, not this year. I mean, maybe they get a fiesta bowl this year. Maybe they still go to the big 12 championship this year, but in a few in, in next year, even if they can fix the defense, if they can get someone in there competent enough to coach up these guys on the D, this is going to be a dangerous team in Texas could be back very soon, uh, which is very good news for the big 12. Cause they'd be leaving.
1: Yes. And, and at least Lou looks a little better for the big 12, I guess to see somebody actually decent coming out of the conference. But, um, To move on to my other point, we mentioned them a little bit earlier. I know we talked about them pre-show a bunch. But another big uh, loser this week, the Mormons. I know you had them as a winner a few weeks ago, which they rightfully deserve. But sadly, they also rightfully deserve uh, the L they had this week because BYU had finally fallen off. Now, we knew they were going to fall off eventually. We both kind of were not super high on them preseason because, again, losing – a guy like Wilson, uh, how well he played in college. Well, and just going
0: story. back to the returning production stats, it wasn't just yeah. Zach Wilson. They lost their no, yeah. top rusher and receiver from last year, and the defense didn't return that many guys. But mm-hmm. the coaching staff, I mean, yeah. what and a I know job have, they've done.
1: And I know, speaking of Wilson, uh, I know we haven't had NFL in a minute, but I will have, oh, so much fun stuff to say about him for our podcast tomorrow on the NFL. But <laughs> we'll get to that then. Um, He's the
0: new just, Daniel Jones. Addic- uh, interception no, addiction is addictive.
1: Yeah. He's he's the arm version of Daniel Jones' legs in a way. where Daniel Jones just runs everywhere and fumbles everywhere, but he just throws picks every time. So, again, we'll get to that tomorrow. But, yeah, Boise State came in and won this game big. Now, I was super high on Boise State preseason, which has aged not very great, but they still won a good game. And Boise State still looks like a quality team. They forced four turnovers. It's pretty rare for this BYU team to give up. And Boise State is still – looking like they can be a contender in the Mountain West. Now, they still have to get past some pretty quality teams. I mean, San Diego State's looked fantastic this year, a very quiet team out of the Mountain West. Fresno State's fallen off a little bit, but it's still got some solid guys. So, yeah, the Mountain West actually has some pretty good teams this season. Boise State proved it against a BYU team that we knew was good, but even at being number 10, I never really trusted them to make a whole lot of noise. And out of everyone that was a G5 team, I wasn't super hyped about them being great. So there's my little piece on BYU. I, I I certainly agree with you there. That that was a
0: disappointing loss. I want to talk about James Franklin for a second, and I want to talk about Penn State Iowa. We have not gotten the chance to talk about it. It was probably mm-hmm. the second biggest game from the last weekend. What what in the world was the Penn State backup doing? Because he was horrible. Look. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna just trash the kid, but that offense was doing all right, not great, but alright against an elite, and I, I, I truly mean this. I think Iowa's defense is elite. Um their offense I've got a lot of questions about. But Penn State was able to move the ball decently well. They were able to keep the ball long enough to wear Iowa's defense down a little bit. And they were completely in position to win this game. I don't think Iowa has nearly the juice they needed to come back in that game if um, Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt and they have to put in to Sean Robeson, who sucked. And when I say so who, he was who's terrible, missing Penn State with Sean Clifford, yeah, Penn State with Sean Clifford the is the better team, and yeah. it's a it's going to be a damn shame when Ohio State beats them. Uh, I mean, fingers crossed they beat Ohio State, but in the shoe, it's going to be a damn okay. shame when Ohio it's State <laughs> inevitably beats them, and then we don't get the rematch with Iowa that we all deserve because Penn state didn't deserve to lose that game. And I want to give Iowa credit. I want to give Iowa credit because Iowa played their asses off in that second half and the offense to be able to struggle the entire game against a really, really good Penn state defense and still come back to win that game. In Kinnick Stadium, and credit to the fans, because the fans in Kinnick Stadium, that was like an all-time atmosphere, oh, yeah. um, a- as good as A&M last weekend. Which it
1: should have been. I mean, it's, it's a game where it needs to be. It, it, and I love the, the color coordination of the black and yellow back and Whoa! forth. It's, I don't
0: know how they do it. It's and, unbelievable. And, and, it's and unbelievable. underrated aspect of this game, all-time uniform game. Oh, yeah. The it's Iowa beautiful. black and gold Versus the Penn State All-White, oh my god, it's just... I love it, I love it.
1: I, I turned, uniform, guys, I turned you know, on the I TV
0: it. and I was like, oh yes, oh
1: yeah, this is it. And and let me mention about this game though, because I know I asked you a, f- a few minutes ago, like who's the better team here Penn State, and here's the nightmare scenario just to tell you already, which uh, I'm not speaking this into existence, I swear I'm not, I swear I'm not. But watch Ohio State win out, beat Penn State, play Iowa, who plays nobody after this game. They have an easy schedule riding into the Big Ten championship game, and then beats Iowa in some stupid comeback game, and then Ohio State goes back to the playoffs. Watch uh, it. Happen. Well,
0: that's and I don't. <laughs> that's the most likely scenario, at this <laughs> and point. I
1: don't. But want, you, I pray for that not to happen. Here's but the I thing: just,
0: ah. I, it would be fun. It would be entertaining, kind of like when when I mean it not. The same sentiment, but kind of like when Notre Dame goes to the playoff and we're like, oh, maybe they could compete a little bit with an Alabama or with, you know, a Georgia or with an Ohio State. And then they just get smacked up in the first round. That's what's going to happen to Iowa if they make the playoff. This is not a playoff caliber team. It's a fun team. It would be fun for them to make the playoffs. But this is not a playoff caliber team. They would get smacked around in the playoffs. Saying, and I, 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 I think they would get smacked around by Oklahoma with That's Caleb fine, Williams. Them
1: at, them at number two. It's like I don't know.
0: they deserve I it. it. Like, they totally deserve it based on their accomplishments. No, I know. I'm just saying. But as once the number you two teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, I know what you're saying. But once you yeah. get on the field, once you line up eleven on eleven. Iowa is going to get
1: smacked around by any team that makes the playoff. And uh, now moving on, I wanted to mention, uh, speaking of getting smacked around, I I wanted uh, to state this because I thought you'd enjoy this, but I actually have a betting nugget here um, for my final loser. I know I usually don't have a lot of betting stuff, but I have a betting thing this time. And this one is on, um, and this didn't happen every single time. But betting the under this week was notoriously terrible. And I only point that out because the under and SEC, we usually talk a lot about SEC defense, SEC defense, which normally is true. But here's the thing. SEC Big teams 10, play this two. weekend. That's true as well. Alabama A&M, 79 points, over by 28 points. UGA Auburn, 44, which is actually under by two, so barely an under. Arkansas Ole Miss, obviously that was over by 36 with 103 total. LSU, Kentucky was 63 points, which is over by 12 points. Vanderbilt, Florida was 42, which is actually under by 18 points. It just goes to show you how much more uh, Florida should have beaten them by. Now it was still a shutout, which also I think slightly diminishes Georgia's shutout because it proved that it's also Vanderbilt. A shutout's not extremely impressive. And then South Carolina, Tennessee, 65 points over by eight. So congrats for the Vols there too. Uh, which thank you again for making me pick Tennessee on there. Remember I said last week, I said I'm not going to lose faith again. That was right. It's South Carolina. I should know. South Carolina's not good at the whole football thing. And then lastly was UNT yeah, Missouri, which was 83 there. points over by 14. So, yeah, pretty much most every time was the over hit. Um, again, Georgia and Florida both managed to hit the under, but this wasn't too shocking, again, because Georgia has only allowed two touchdowns in six games. Not really shocking. And they were the put Vanderbilt. Yeah, and again, the Vanderbilt game, it don't matter very much. Uh, Ole Miss, Old Vanderbilt Arkansas, team uh,
0: unders. Vanderbilt yeah, team unders <laughs> against any SEC team, that should be every an time. elite pick every time.
1: Uh, the Old Miss-Arkansas game was actually the third highest scoring game in their long rivalry, and it was the highest scoring non-overtime game between the two. Uh, Alabama a and uh, breaking the scoreboard pretty obviously. They've actually combined for over 70 in their last four meetings in a row. But it's, this is their highest output since when Alabama won 49-42, which is that crazy 2013 game. But that was the first A&M-Bama game when they both were in the SEC, which is, seems like forever ago. LSU and Kentucky, they've met every year from 1952 to 2002, and they've met only four times since 2007. But despite that, 7 was the last time the score was this high. And the last time it was 63 total points exactly was actually the Bluegrass Miracle game, which if you haven't watched that, go watch it which is a 73-yard score to end the game for LSU to win. Uh, not much for North Texas, Missouri, but then South Carolina, Tennessee, just to have a fun fact about this. Uh, Tennessee actually dominates the all-time series 28-10-2, but they haven't uh, the Vols haven't put up this many points against South Carolina since 2014, and the total points this week were the highest since that same game too. So some fun scoring stats that I was able to find and dig up for, for you. So love well, to hear I, that. I, that's I... it for my losers.
0: I actually went to a, uh, our, our freshman year of college, so this would have been 2017. I actually went to uh, watch a Vols South Carolina game in Neyland, uh sat very, very close to the field. And guess who lost that game? Tennessee and Jarrett Garantano, a name oh, I oh. hope I never, <laughs> ever oh, hear right, again. That is God. just that I should have I should have given Don out there. a trigger warning <laughs> before saying <laughs> Jarrett Garantano's name because that gives me flashbacks um to say the least. That that was a bad era. That was the Butch Jones era. Um the Butch Jones which, era yeah, at Tennessee. You can forget which, that. It, it, which, just a nugget on that. I was doing some research on team defense today, and guess who has by far the worst team defense in the country? It's not even close. 548 yards given up per game.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Arkansas State, coached by none other than Butch Jones.
1: <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, he, that's he, it for my losers. So, he, Just one more thing about Butch okay, Jones. Yeah, yeah. He went from
0: collecting a bag at Tennessee to getting Nick Saban coffee every morning uh, and being his little bitch boy to having yet again a terrible, terrible team at Arkansas State in Jonesboro, Arkansas. That's just agony. (laughs) I've driven past Jonesboro, Arkansas. There is nothing in Jonesboro, Arkansas, uh, including a football team. (laughs) <laughs> there is no football no. team in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh ironically named Jonesboro. Butch Jonesboro uh has been just egregious and you love to see it as a Tennessee fan. But I what I really want to talk about is the new Butch Jones. Eh, not the new Butch Jones. I, I I wouldn't call him the new Butch Jones. I only make this uh, reference because I think he's a glorified gym teacher who can recruit really well. And without Joe Brady, he is absolutely terrible. Uh, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> pretty Co-cho, accurate. What what's going on? They've been, they win a national championship with one of the most talented perfect teams storm. of it was all a perfect storm time. And I'm just, I didn't make this up, but I'm not saying I don't agree with it. I saw a gif of Ed Orgeron slowly transforming, melting into uh, Gene Chizik. And I think that's the perfect metaphor here.
1: And here's the one part of Coach is mentioned. Gene Chizik. So they lost to Auburn at home. They lost to, T- to Kentucky on the road. Who do they have next? <laughs> hosting number 20, Florida. At number 13, Old Miss. At number 5, Alabama. Hosting number 17, Arkansas. Then oh. they have an easy game against ULM. And then they have to play A&M to finish season number well, 21. Well,
0: Florida's going to be a choke-a-thon. That's going to be who can lose the game first. That's that, true. It always but, is. Remember last year, Marco Wilson with the shoe. Who can choke the like, game
1: first? But it's mind blowing to me. They no, have six is. games left, and five of the six are against ranked teams.
0: They might not make a bowl this year.
1: They and won't make a to, bowl this year. They, they, they're, they're not beating three out of five. No way.
0: They and I think they got a can. They got a can, coach o. They or no. They actually, do. they
1: need to beat two out of five because they
0: just handed him a fat extension. So I'm really not sure what you do about that. They're they not beaten two out of five. They gotta get there.
1: rid of Cocho. Because well, you're gonna and, lose to Bama. You're gonna lose. I, I think you're gonna lose to Ole Miss on the road. You're gonna lose to Bama on the road. Florida's the sort of the choke game. Who can blow that? I don't think they'll blow to Arkansas. And even A, I mean, A is also last game of the season. That game's always crazy, as we know. But I, I just
0: and and I'll say this: it's less than ideal to have to replace your coach when USC also wants to replace their coach. But if you want to make a bowl game next year, you got to get rid of Coach O. This offense is an absolute abomination, and the defense is much better. Despite having talent, much like Texas. Despite having the um, talent,
1: not great. Let's now move on to our other games to highlight. There are just a a few more games, a, a little bit of a pairing of them that I wanted to talk about before we went on to our Agony Olympics. And that is Georgia Tech getting a solid win against Duke. Love to see Tech get a win. I told you to trust me when Georgia Tech plays Duke. I said, what did I say? That Georgia Tech's not good, but we're not Duke bad. And at the end of the day, that was I almost was wrong. <laughs> Georgia Tech very, very barely won that, but Tech did pull it out. A really good fourth quarter, actually. Tech is now three and three, and Duke also is three and three. After that, uh, TCU actually had a pretty good game up against Texas Tech on the road. Now we know Texas Tech's defense is always bad, but it's really bad this year. Like, shockingly bad this year. And we ended up doing pretty good. And hey, look at that. When we use our running backs, we do pretty well. Miller and Evans both had over 100 yards rushing, and we won pretty easily. So good for the Frogs to get a win that we desperately needed. So hooray, we beat Texas Tech. Get the West Texas saddle back in Fort and forth, and and I w- I just want to say this:
0: Do uh, you think Zach Evans was tired after that game?
1: Hmm. You know, I wonder if he was.
0: Because I am so TCU should be and TCU three hundred and sixty should be so happy that I no longer have access to a TCU press pass <laughs> because <laughs> I would be a menace. In pre- <laughs> I never attended one of Gary's press conferences because I felt like I was too biased. But I would be <laughs> an fair, absolute menace in press conferences right now. Oh, I oh, would ask even... him immediately on
1: Tuesday. Was Zach out? Was Zach Evans tired after that game? I have. Uh, I that would have been amazing. I actually have a point about that that I'll make that relates to it in a in a second. I'll make it in a second. But um, it's I I can relate to that. Uh, after that, I know we don't like talking about them very much because we're not very pro this team, but Baylor's looking pretty solid. Baylor gets another big win over West Virginia. Now I have to say, too, oh, West Virginia, what is wrong with you? The Mountaineers are now 2-4, and 0-3 oh, in the Big 12. <laughs> I thought they were going to be decent at best, but oh, wow, this is bad. Uh, Bears are now 5-1 and one with just the Oklahoma State loss, which 5-1 is a pretty good start. I know they're not against the most stellar teams in the country, but hey, they are winning. They,
0: in RJ Young's my or whoever that guy is that puts together oh, the god god awful rankings. Oh,
1: no, it's it's it's. Hey, that's either. a that's it a works. good
0: loss. That's a solid loss to Oklahoma State. He has
1: Coastal Carolina against Alabama, <laughs> like up up on them in the polls. I was like, what? He had Oklahoma State as the number three team in the country can you as of spell, right now. <laughs> can you spell clickbait, kids? It, that, is most, that is all that is he doesn't believe that and us as actual people that are trying to be journalists i mean like I, it makes me sick that people he doesn't believe that, that. To do that he doesn't think that there's he no way he actually I get zero that. dollars to do my work and he gets a it, more than zero to do that he could be paid a dollar and that would be a disservice to journalism it's disgusting but you should pay whoever publishes them <sighs> he should have That's... to pay them <laughs> he should pay them uh, next up is a team that is getting absolutely zero press on because I think it's uh, – I mean, there's kind of a reason why. But UTSA is looking pretty good, actually. The last undefeated team in the state of Texas uh, other than – I think actually SMU still is too. But uh, UTSA is 6-0. and They will make a bowl now officially after beating Western Kentucky. And I called Road this. Runners. I said UTSA. I said preseason. The UTSA was going to have a really good season. They were going to look really good out of the Conference USA, and they probably were going to win it. And that pick's trending great right now. School record six straight wins to open the season. And how about those roadrunners that are now going to make a bowl game? And in my opinion, I think they'll make a pretty decent bowl game. And maybe we can see them play somebody good because, again, their schedule is a joke since Conference USA. But they've looked like they're beating teams by a lot. It's been pretty easy for them. And so, you know, I, I do think it's, again, the same treatment that we talked about with Coastal Carolina where you can win a lot of games. But if you play in a really bad conference even if you win, there's sort of not a lot you can do with it. So, um, but they still put up a lot. They're looking good. Their quarterback had six touchdowns. Uh, they've been blowing up every team. They beat Memphis this season. So they've been playing a few teams that are decent. But, yeah, the the final stretch of their year is really not that hard, and they should be looking really good uh, going into the end of the season. But, yeah, shout out UTSA. Meep, me. We can now move on to my favorite part, which again won't be very long. Cause usually, these uh, pretty short part, but we love talking about the agony Olympics, and boy, do we have a lot of teams that we can talk about in here. Uh, first of all, Syracuse. We are allergic to winning games. We should be winning. Syracuse is now three and three on nudes. the season, and. Oh, man. So Wake Forest won this game in overtime. It was an absolutely brutal loss. A.T. Perry, for for a uh, wide receiver for Wake Forest, had three receptions, four three touchdowns. He was ridiculous. This game was absolutely painful because Syracuse led the entire game, basically, and yet still choked it away in the end. But did Babers cover? Yes, he did. And did he also lose? Yes, he did. And he also did this because I wanted to hear your take on this. It was third down and 13 at about, like, the 40-ish yard line. And Wake Forest threw an incomplete pass, but had a um, a holding call, and he chose to accept it. So then it was third and twenty-three instead of fourth and and fourth and thirteen. The next play was a twenty-five yard gain, and then the play after that was a touchdown, and Wake took the lead. <laughs> oh, I wanted. Man. I was. I was. When I tell you, when I was. That's a Mike the McCarthy sideline, moment. Oh man, I was on the sideline. I had my camera because I was shooting the game, and I just, I just looked around. I was texting my friends who were in the crowd, the student section, and they were like, "What just happened?"
0: <laughs> that oh, is, yeah, that's know. a, that's a Dan Quinn moment right there.
1: And that here was the moment to react back to what you said earlier, Anthony uh, Lynn mine, moment. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, uh, a friend of mine who was uh, reporting on the game asked Papers about that in the press conference, and he mm. said, "Why did you accept the penalty? Because that gave him the first down." And he dodged the question and moved on to the next thing. So if that tells you anything, there you go. Uh, Next up, the bowl game that I don't want to say on air is the actual game, but we're going to just say Connecticut, Massachusetts uh, happened. That game was a real thing. It wasn't a fever dream as much as I hoped it was. But UConn lost. (laughs) UConn lost. They're actually this bad. And we They're knew that UMass was to games. And we know that UMass is truly terrible. They are an awful team, but they beat UConn and they beat them handily. It was not very close. I and... just
0: <laughs> appreciate the fact that oh. all these terrible teams are out here playing each
1: other to see who can truly be the most terrible team in the country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that's real. I just I love that it's a real thing. Like the fact Colorado State Vanderbilt was a real game. Like that. Just yeah, looks and awesome. then Vandy UConn. <laughs> Do we get <laughs> When do we get Vandy UMass? Someone it's check. Like, it's like inverse Christmas. It's like getting excited to get Cole. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. So, yeah, it was 27-13. Again, it wasn't close. UConn getting absolutely smacked. It's just it's just pathetic. So who's surprised? Not me. But um, actually, Merriweather for this game, the running back from Massachusetts, said 39 carries for 171 yards and two scored. I wonder if he's tired too. So um, a lot of the carries for him. Uh, Other couple of games here, uh, UNC lost to Florida State by 10 at home. And I know I've ragged on Florida State basically every single week that we've been talking about them, even when they beat Syracuse last week. But they beat North Carolina by 10 in Chapel Hill. Can it get worse for the Tar Heels? Honestly, can it get worse?
0: Uh, Look, this has very little to do with this situation, but I will go ahead and throw the horns down for – Uh, UT legend Mac Brown uh, losing to a Florida (laughs) State team that
1: lost to Jacksonville State. Which we will never forgive. (laughs) We will never forgive that loss.
0: That will go down with like that. I mean, that should go down with like App State, Michigan. (laughs) Also in 2007. Also in 2007. (laughs) Another 2007 comparison. Except, I mean, Florida State is awful. They are a truly,
1: truly god Okay, team. Jordan Travis did look really good in this game. I have to give him credit. At he this point, really
0: anyone could look good against North Carolina. They That's suck.
1: True. That's true. They are they are really pathetic. This was a hard game to watch. And now, if you had told me by, by six games in that Duke, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina would all have the same record – I wouldn't know what to tell you, but shockingly, that is a true stat. So pretty amazing there. Uh, last couple things. Speaking of a team that is wildly disappointing this season, USC lost again by 16 this time. Uh, Slopus actually looked fantastic in this game, 400 yards and two scores, but Utah still finds a way to win. USC falls. This game was in LA too. God, you want to talk about agony Olympics with North Carolina and USC, two teams that were super hyped up that I even hyped up preseason and Oh, God. This has been a just dreadful, dreadful year for USC. I can't wait. I get they're getting a new coach, and they're figuring out their program. I get that's going on right now. I can't wait for
0: Keaton Slovis to transfer to Georgia and win
1: the Heisman. (laughs) That would make me sick, but I can't see that happening. Or Oregon. You know who needs a quarterback? Oregon. But see, here is the sad part, though, is that USC's defense, what was so miserable, 42 points given up to the Utes. That's the more problem here. I mean – USC scoring 26 isn't ideal, but 42 points. I mean, come on, guys. that's Yeah, I mean, you got to think, where is Keaton
0: Slovis going to transfer to next year? That's my only takeaway from this game.
1: Yeah, Drake London is actually a ridiculous wide receiver. Drake London is
0: ahead of Devontae Smith's pace
1: from last yeah. year he he has been he, uh, 832 yards five touchdowns an average of 13 to catch like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. i have to the one player on usc that i will not dog at all is him who deserves he, all the credit in the world that's
0: a heisman dark horse right there he's if you're gonna throw
1: out how good your team is and ha- go to how good your <laughs> yeah. stats are that's that's your pick and uh last guy that's a, a big time loser up here uh illinois who uh, i know we've made so much fun of but uh, Brett Bielema loses again, Illinois 2-5, and five. <laughs> and they lost to a terrible Wisconsin team, 24-0. to <laughs> If you get blanked against a team led by Graham Mertz, you should just relegate yourself. Well, I, like, Graham the Mertz Mac.
0: might still be – does uh, Graham Mertz still playing? I didn't watch yes. this game.
1: He had 10 for 19 for 100 yards and a pick. <laughs> and oh, he won. yeah. And he won by twenty. He's still
0: undefeated. <laughs> He's still undefeated against unranked teams. Don't forget that.
1: How I don't know how. And but, I think I he mean, might
0: have covered the
1: spread every single time somehow. Uh, the spread was twelve when they covered, yeah, by twice twenty-four. They still covered. But just to I... go over, let's move on. Let's go
0: over some undefeated. At six and oh, we've got Georgia, Iowa, OU, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma State. Coastal Carolina, Kentucky, Wake Forest, SMU, and the Roadrunners of UTSA. And then at 5-0, we've got Cincinnati and San Diego State. Um, Odds to make the playoff. These are only teams that are over 10%. We've got Georgia sitting at 91%. They are a near lock. If they win out the rest of the regular season, they can probably lose the SEC championship and still make it. They will still make it. it. They're They're a near lock at this point. Oklahoma with a 59% chance Alabama with a 54% chance. So still the third best odds to make the playoff there Cincinnati with a 45% chance. I'm going to we'll go see. ahead and assume <laughs> that if we'll they see. win out, uh, that they're, that they're going to make it. Um, I, I just, th- this is the year for them. Uh, Michigan at 40% Oklahoma state. Oh wait, no, that's Ohio, Ohio, state. State, Ohio state. state, Ohio state. Sorry. Fine, yeah. My mistake. Uh, 37% and Iowa at 25%. And it cracks me up that Ohio state still has a better chance to
1: make the playoff than Iowa. A lot better percent. I mean, 12% better. Like it's not entirely yeah. close either. It's kind of sad. And then going down to
0: the rankings, uh, Alabama uh, moves down four spots to the number five spot. Penn state moves down three spots to number seven, Kentucky. Kentucky is now up to 11. Michigan State into the top 10, sitting at number 10. Ole Miss somehow moved up uh, to number, back to number 13. They, flipped. they just yep. flipped with Arkansas, apparently. Yep. Uh, yep. Arizona State is up to uh, number 18. We had a big argument about that before they came on the podcast. Uh, not going to have that argument right now. And then Texas is still in the top 25. <laughs> because they're still here because their name I, is texas it, because it has to be texas or auburn there are no, no I other have to options say, though, i do have to say it is pretty it, either surprising. texas or auburn has to be in the playoff
1: at all times after this sort of craziness of in and out teams only one team dropped out and that was auburn this week and then a&m um obviously moved in so auburn clemson baylor utsa and mississippi state are your teams leading and receiving votes Interesting, interesting, Mm -hmm. interesting. UTSA. If UTSA keeps winning, they should be ranked, just out of the principle of ranking the unranked, the undefeated team. Not like top ten, but like they should. They deserve a spot if they keep winning. At least, in my opinion, only undefeated team that's not ranked right now. And again, I see why. But uh, we can move on to our picks now. We can go ahead and go through that. And starting off for this week, and again, we'll make these pretty quick, but uh, starting off for this week is, again, the slate's not particularly great. We have UCF against Cincinnati. The big question is, is can UCF deliver the upset? But the answer to me is no, because they're not playing in the bounce house. If they were playing in Orlando, maybe I could see an upset here, but they're not. They're playing in Ohio, and because of that, I think Cincinnati's going to roll with this one.
0: You know, I got Cincinnati, too, Uh I, I usually, and I really, really thought about um, rolling with uh, Agent of Chaos, Gus Malzahn, uh, to just create as much chaos as possible. But UCF is not very chaotic this year, um, and, and I've got Cincinnati winning this one pretty handily. Against the Gus Malzon
1: offense, I'm taking Cincinnati's defense. Uh, Next up, we have Michigan State against Indiana. Again, you can see the picks have not been particularly great this week, but uh, I'm going to be rolling with Michigan State again. I think Indiana still, with Michael Penix and how that whole offensive situation has been, has been pretty bad. Uh, I don't think there's anybody in Indiana that can stop what Kenneth Walker's been doing, and I think that Michigan State's going to keep on rolling. It is in Indiana, but I think an upset chance is pretty slim here.
0: No, absolutely not. Michigan
1: State's going to win this game by 20 points. Up next, we have Oklahoma State-Texas and what should be a pretty exciting game. Now, Oklahoma State is ranked way higher than Texas here, but both of us are on the upset watch. And the reason why is because, yes, Texas did blow away a very good chance to beat Oklahoma, but that was also because Caleb Williams is indeed legit and put on an absolute show in the Cotton Bowl. And with Texas going back home, hosting Oklahoma State, and being angry after blowing such a big rivalry like that, it's hard for me to see Oklahoma State coming away with this win with, again – I still refuse to trust Spencer Sanders. I cannot. I will not.
0: Uh, yeah, I feel bad for the Pokes this weekend because they made their way all the way up to what? What are they now? Number, number 12? twelve, which is they made their way <laughs> all the way up to number twelve just to get beat down in
1: DKR hey, by Texas. Hey, they're number three according to R.J. Young. Don't forget that
0: they are going <laughs> to get slaughtered this weekend they don't have nearly the offense and and I say this as someone that has zero faith in Texas's defense but I have even less faith somehow in Oklahoma State's offense led by Spencer Sanders king of the checkdown um this one's going to get ugly um and if Texas isn't favored by 14 points they should be
1: yeah again I don't understand why they're number 12 considering they barely beat Missouri State. They barely beat Tulsa. They beat Boise State by one, who is and 3-3 now. They beat Kansas State somewhat handily, but K-State's really not that good. And then they beat Baylor decently, but Baylor only was ranked because they beat an overrated Iowa State team. So there's not really a ton about Oklahoma State that's really super impressive. Now, they have improved most every week, so I'll give them that, but I just can't see them winning this game. Uh, Next up, we have Auburn versus Arkansas in a game that is – I mean, I just – Who doesn't love all these fun SEC West matchups? I don't see how anyone can look at games like this and not be just giddy about them. Because I love some great SEC matchups that the West usually tends to bring. And Auburn-Arkansas is going to be a lot of fun. And in this one, I'm still going to be going with Arkansas here. They impressed me a lot with their offense against Ole Miss. Now, I know that Ole Miss's defense can't stop anything. I know. I know. But I think that Arkansas still can put on a show here. I think they are going to be – I think they actually – they are the favorite team here. It is in Arkansas. Again, this is one of those games where if it was in Jordan Hare, I may be thinking otherwise. But I've just liked what they've had to bring this season. I think they've been pretty impressive. And Auburn hasn't done a ton to really impress me. They didn't really do anything against Georgia. They barely beat LSU, who we know is not very good. And then they beat Georgia State by just 10 before losing to Penn State. Like, there's just not a ton about Auburn – and I really love this season. And I think Arkansas is going to come out firing up in this game.
0: Well, I'm going to pick Auburn mostly for the sake of being different, but on, uh, also because I think this just might be the end of the road for Arkansas this year. I mean, they can still beat LSU. They can still have a good season. Uh, but I, I think this is kind of the end of the road. They've They've – Worn out their welcome in the AP Top 25, in my opinion. And what does Auburn do better than anyone else is lose to all the best teams while beating all of the rest of the teams. Um, And you could make a case that Arkansas is one of the best teams in the SEC this year, but this just seems like a prime spot for Auburn to do something really weird.
1: I don't like seeing Arkansas losing three games in a row.
0: That's the. I don't one. like that's seeing tough. Arkansas favored by three and a half against Auburn,
1: and that's fair too. I just I think I think they have a lot to go for them this week, and I could see betters fading this team a little bit again with with losing to Mississippi in a game that was that close. But again, you're one pass away from beating from beating them, being five and one. You're one play away. And Arkansas, and I think Auburn was a lot more than one play away from losing games like Georgia, which I get Georgia way better than Ole Miss, I know. But even Penn State, even games like Georgia State where they barely won, I mean, that was still concerning. Up next, speaking of Georgia, we have Kentucky versus Georgia. And I want Kentucky to win so badly, but I'm not crazy enough to pick them. That's just too much. It's going to be Georgia. Yeah, would you like
0: to know what the line is on this game?
1: Probably disrespectful.
0: 26 <laughs> points.
1: So I was right, yeah. And I right. will
0: be taking the Georgia Bulldogs oh to my god. god! Yeah,
1: approximately a million points. According to ESPN, they have Georgia at a ninety five point four percent chance to win against the number eleven team in the country. Yeah. Also, also, oh, Texas, uh, Texas is
0: favored. Texas is favored by six and a half points against Oklahoma State. I just wanted yeah. to point that out. That, that's fair. And they up should, next, we have um, Texas.
1: Up next, we have a pretty fun game. I'm Actually, kind of excited for this because it's a very weird matchup. Uh, but a matchup that we're going to start seeing a lot more often soon, and that's BYU against Baylor. That looks very strange to read out loud, but again, with BYU joining the Big 12, we're going to be reading this a lot more often in the coming years. Now, both these teams are five and one. BYU is the only team that's ranked here, even though Baylor's receiving votes. But Baylor's still pretty heavily favored, according to a lot of analysts, and in fact, according to the line too. So that's why I'm going to be rolling with Baylor because to me, something is fishy when the unranked team is very favored against the ranked team. And that has me a little bit worried.
0: Yeah, same here. Um, if if we look at the line history on this game, Baylor opened as a five-point favorite, and they have now stretched that to a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And, yeah, I'm going to roll uh, with Vegas on this one. I'm going with Baylor. Now, I don't know that it's by a touchdown. It could be a very close game, Um, and I think a surprisingly low-scoring game is what we're in for, but I, I,
1: yeah, I'm rolling all the way with Vegas. My, My biggest thing that is the reason why I'm picking Baylor, too, is that I look at how they've played against their bad opponents because Baylor playing against their bad opponents puts up monster offensive numbers and defensively locks them down, while BYU's put up pretty good offensive numbers, and the defense has been okay. Because South Florida is a terrible team, and they only won 35-27. And so games yeah. like that kind of concern me. Where yeah, mm-hmm. they played up to their competition well. They beat Arizona State and Utah that I think are both very quality teams. But I just see the Utah State game. I see the South Florida game, and I'm like, those should be really clean wins, and they were very dirty wins. And so that, to me, kind of makes me a little concerned here. While Baylor, when they had to get the clean wins, they won very easily. So that, to me, gives me a good amount of context, even though obviously I don't think either of these teams are bad. I just think that makes me help Baylor here. Uh, next up, we have Arizona State Utah. Speaking of those two teams, and this is going to be a really fun game that I'm quite excited for. Nice. Sorry, my Alexa is uh talking a bunch about the about this game because apparently she's excited too. You should have let her go. She was giving us some analysis, man. <laughs> I know I can barely hear through these. These are all noise cancels. I can't really hear what you're saying, but oh um, no, anyway, she was talking about
0: the game. She was like before this, you know, season or whatever. Arizona State only had
1: one loss, something like that. She was pulling <laughs> up a stat. she was (laughs) trying to help you you out man i I appreciate her but uh, i did want to say for this game arizona state utah now utah looked great against usc but i also think it's not particularly difficult to look good look good against usc so i'm going to be rolling with arizona state on this one i think they're a much better team and i think they've proven that over this season now the line right now at least on espn is pretty even it is at utah i think this is a pretty tough game to call to be honest but i've still liked a lot more of what arizona state's done this season than utah
0: yeah, Arizona State by one and a half kind of scares me, but uh, I'm still going to take them here. I'm going to roll the road. With who I think yeah. the better team is, but yeah, on the road, Utah is a tough place to play too. People underestimate
1: that. Next up, we have NC State against Boston College, and now I'm going to go out on my limb a little bit, and I'm going to go with Boston College in this game. And the reason why I'm going with BC instead of NC State, uh, despite NC State being the one ranked team here, is because I've liked more of what Boston College has been able to put up this season. Now, I get that they're coming off of a loss to Clemson, but that was a game where they played pretty well, in, and they probably shouldn't have lost that game but still played very well. Before that was a win against Missouri. And then if you look at what NC State's done this season, their loss to Mississippi State I think is much worse of a loss. Now, I know they beat Clemson head-to-head, but it was an overtime game that was really, really tight and honestly could have gone the same way with Boston College. They then barely, barely, barely beat Louisiana Tech last week while allowing a lot of points, and that concerned me. I know they won that game, but again, it's what I'm talking about. How do you play against poor competition? And they didn't play well in that game, but this game is at Boston College. It's a night game. It's the big prime – I know I know, we'll make fun of this, but it's the primetime ACC game, which I get. Ha-ha, oh, so Yeah. Lunch. Yeah, baby. That's like I'm seeing just, the Giants and Eagles on Sunday night football. I'm, Nothing I'm gets me saying, more hyped than a mediocre football game for 7 I'm p.m. Just, I'm just saying that for these teams, I get nationally who cares, but for these teams to have it be the night game under the lights in Boston with BC looking actually pretty decent this year, which they usually don't, but they look yeah, pretty the good this year. the hostile atmosphere that is Boston College. It's a lot easier than playing ENC State. If it was in NC State, I would have the Wolfpack easy. But I think because it's in BC, because it's the night game, because it's more money on it, I, I just I, I feel like this is brewing for an upset here. NC State hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna just come out and
0: say it. I haven't watched a lick of these two teams play besides what I saw of NC State and Clemson. Actually, that's not true. Uh I bet a I bet against NC State week one against Mississippi State, and that did not turn out well for me. Um look, this is the most NFC Easty game you could possibly ask for <laughs> in Good college football. That. <laughs> this game is extra NFC Easty. Um, and maybe a little AFC Southie this year. Um, well, they aren't that bad. <laughs> I solemnly swear not to watch this football game, and you can hold me to that because I will not be watching this football game. Uh, neither of these teams are relevant in any way, shape, or form except for the fact that NC State uh, beat Clemson uh thank you for that or else we would still be talking about Clemson in the playoff conversation so for that we thank you but I will not be watching this game I'm just gonna go with the ranked team and who I think is the better coach team I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with NC State in this
1: one and up next, we have Ole Miss versus Tennessee in what I think will be one of the most electric matchups of all day on Saturday. Yes. I am very excited. This and is it's the, the night opposite game. of NC <laughs> State versus Boston College. This, this is, the is the AFC and the opposite. NFC West. <laughs> yeah, this is this the is, AFC West. This game is going to be a ton of fun. And in this one, I honestly – i am going to be riding with Ole Miss in this game. I get that the ranked team in Tennessee is not. I get it's kind of for inverse reasons. And I get also that Tennessee had a lot of struggles early in the season, and they've been playing very well since. But I do think that Missouri and South Carolina are very difficult to be litmus test because both of those teams are bad. They are very bad. I know that I picked against Tennessee for the Missouri game, but that was honestly without doing my research. After doing it, I then was like, okay, they're going to smoke South Carolina, and they did. The thing is, though, is they still are giving up points. And that, to me, concerns me when they're still giving up points, these two teams that aren't very good. And what does Ole Miss do better than nearly anybody else in the SEC is score. And I get their defense isn't great. I know they give up points too. I know they don't have a great that's business, what they they get. That's what they offense. do better than anyone else in the SEC is give but up they also, points. But they also put up 51. I get that they are 52 or whatever it was. But I get they still put up a million points and they lost. I, I know they still give up a ton of points. I know their defense isn't good. But their offense is better than Tennessee's. And they're able to put up a lot more. And so because of that, I still think they can win this game. I think that even though it's a road game at night, I don't know. I, I feel like this does have an upset brewing, but – I think it means a lot that Ole Miss is still favored in this game. I get right. it super close, but Ole Miss has a very much so, better offense.
0: So without looking at the spread, what do you think the spread should be in this
1: game? Ole Miss by a little bit. Ole, uh, give me a number. Like two? It's three.
0: So you were, about, you were about right. Okay. I think Ole Miss should be on paper favored by like six or seven points which is the reason that I'm taking Tennessee in this game. Because at home in Neyland Stadium, say what you want about the Vols, that is going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be loud. Um, maybe not quite Bryant-Denny, but we saw what happened when they went to Bryant-Denny. Neyland is going to be a hostile environment. The Tennessee Vols are a wagon on offense this year. Ole Miss can't stop anybody. This game might have 200 points scored in it, and the Vols are going to come out on top in a close game. <laughs> the over under here is 82, <laughs> which it should be. <laughs> yeah, you know that's about right. I, I'm honestly tempted to take the under because that just feels like a that just feels like a trap.
1: It's a little – it's still kind of tough. but I, It's a little trap no gamey. Game. There's no defense in this game. The, exactly. That's why it's a trap. That's why it's I mean, a that's, trap. That's, it, they and that's why you, I'm going with Ole Miss because if there's no defense at all, who has the better offense? And the answer is Ole Miss. So that's the reason why I'm, I'm still riding with them, even though I get that it's still extremely trap gamey. I know night game in Neyland, I I know. But I'm still feeling it. I wouldn't, uh, if you, at least if this gives you salt, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost this.
0: No, I wouldn't either. And, and, and the, uh, to be honest, the only reason I picked the Vols is one, to be different, and two, because they put up a 60 burger this year. Ole Miss doesn't have a 60
1: burger on their resume. Uh, well, I mean, has Ole Miss played. Actually, I'll take that back. They played, they played Austin B, but, uh, yeah. Let's go, P. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. They, they put up 61 on Tulane. Oh, I I forgot about that game. My my apologies. My mistake. Yeah, which which Tulane is probably just about as good as Missouri. <laughs> okay, well, fine. I'm still just I mean, going to pick them to be different. But okay, well, that's that's fair. Uh next up, we can move on uh to the game that this will take 15 seconds and that's probably stretching it. Uh TCU Oklahoma it's going to be OU, and it's going to be OU by a lot.
0: Well, if Spencer Rattler plays, I think TCU's got a chance. Um, There's
1: no way that—Riley's not that stupid. There's
0: however, no uh, there was some great reporting done, actually, by, um, by an OU student journalist for the OU Daily.
1: I did see this, yeah. camped <laughs> out
0: in a public building with binoculars to watch OU's practice and reported that in that practice, Caleb Williams was would be the starter this week. Uh, he was taking the first-team reps, the majority of the first-team reps. And what
1: did Riley do again?
0: <laughs> and then Lincoln Riley canceled his entire team's media availability for the rest of the week <laughs> until after Saturday's game. <laughs> because God so forbid soft. that you have to answer any questions whatsoever uh, hey, God as, forbid a, a journalists do their football. jobs. Yeah, God, God forbid journalists do their jobs, and God forbid you have to actually answer questions about your football team.
1: Ugh. But it, yeah, I, huge, I'm going, huge. I'm
0: going with OU here. They're, they're, they're gonna win this ballgame. Uh and lastly, let's end up Friday night. You will be there in attendance. Yeah. Syracuse. <laughs> Dino Babers versus the fighting down uh. Sweeneys and the Clemson Tigers. Uh I'm going with Clemson here, but I let me I need to look at the spread. I need to look at the spread first, but it's thirteen and a half. I'm taking Syracuse on the spread, but I'm taking Clemson uh oh, on oh, the money line. Is it
1: thirteen and a half, really? Yes. Oh, I, I would Oh, my God. Yeah, we're we're 100% going to cover that. Absolutely. And now I'm going to bet against that because you just said we're 100%. Nothing ever happens 100%. Okay, Okay. here's here's why I'm saying that. First of all, because Babers covers a weirdly majority of the time. Babers does cover. Secondly, we played exceptionally well against every team that Syracuse has played that you can say is decent or good. We've played better against. Wake Forest came into town that is a decent, solid team. They are and we played really well against them. Liberty came into this game, and they're not a great team, but Liberty's got guys like Malik Willis on there that is an incredible player, and we played really well against them. Who did we suck against? We sucked against Florida State, who is not good. We sucked against – God, who else we even lose to? I'm forgetting now. We, we sucked against Rutgers, who's not any good. We sucked against uh, – actually, that was it. So, yeah, that's, that's the problem here is that we play to the competition every time. So that's the reason why I'm actually pretty confident – that will be looking decent against Clemson, and I 100% think Clemson's on upset watch. Upset watch. Not saying I don't think 100%. They get don't upset, have an I,
0: offense to speak. No, of. I, that, I, that's, I definitely that's for sure.
1: Yeah, and what is Syracuse's biggest strength besides this run game? Offense. No, the defense. defense? I don't
0: know. I, don't, I haven't watched no the Syracuse's, Syracuse game this year. Well, that makes I'm sense. Be so honest. Syracuse's
1: Syracuse's defense has been really a, a really solid unit this season, and again, their rushing offense is great. The biggest weakness of Syracuse: is the fact we don't have assists like ah, Sorry, a, a consistent quarterback who can put up good numbers through the air. We do not have that at all. If we have to go by the air attack, we are not going to win the game. So well,
0: I'll probably and, watch my first Syracuse football game this. No, week.
1: you. It's it's they're actually a fun team to watch, being in a lot of these games because so we run the ball a lot. We have a fun offense. It's enjoyable to watch them play. It's just if, frustrating losing games like this. If but this again, game is one not play away from beating Wake Forest, one play If away, this
0: game so. is not fun, I'm gonna boycott the ACC.
1: That's very fair, but again, the the Wake Forest game was an incredible game.
0: The ACC has been,
1: for the most part, unfun this year. I'm just going to say that of all my picks I've picked today, this one I'm definitely putting in the non-confident category. I'm not super confident Clemson's going to win this game. I'm really not. I hear you. I hear you. And if that's
0: all for you, Jack, that is all for me. Thank you for listening to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. We will have an NBA preview coming somewhat soon because we do have the National Basketball Association starting up soon. Not even remotely sure uh, what we're going to do with our programming yet once basketball season starts, but we That's will have an NBA like- preview. Uh, <laughs> we'll I do love done. to discuss the NBA. Jack uh, is our college basket, our resident college basketball expert uh, and and we both love the nba i i am as as my bio says on the gtd website a uh resident bedroom nba gm meaning i love making fake trades and making and uh, criticizing roster decisions and figuring out how teams work well in a basketball court uh Basketball a little a little bit a little bit easier uh, to analyze from just the eye test without actually like knowing what's going on uh, in on each play like a like a football a football team we're literally just guessing like it looked like he was supposed to do that but we have no idea what the play call was we're not in the headset with them uh, basketball a little bit easier uh, to look at what teams are doing just based on where they are and what, it, what their responsibilities uh, appear to be. But that will do it for episode three Oh seven. We will be back tomorrow. Fingers crossed that it works out. Fingers crossed that it works out. We will be back tomorrow uh, with our NB NBA NFL coverage, <laughs> uh, getting you prepped for a huge week. Six of the nfl there's a lot of interesting storylines there uh as well so for now i am noah parker and i'm jack wallace peace, peace out
1: you